if the lilies behind me aren't reminder enough, let me make it clear, this is the third Sunday in the season of Eastertide, that annual celebration in the Christian year where Christians all over the globe shout together, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. Though a pandemic may sweep the globe, our shouts do not go quiet. This is the third Sunday in the season of Eastertide. When we join with the poets, death be not proud, though thou thinkst thou art mighty and dreadful, thou art not so. Death, thou shalt die. This is the third Sunday in the season of Eastertide. That season of the year, we join voices with the Apostle Paul. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? This is the third Sunday in the season of Eastertide. It's also day 40, depending on when you started counting. Day 40 of lockdown, quarantine, coronavirus. Day 40 of social distancing and masks and essential. Day 40. We're asked to hold them together. Resurrection, shouting, and pandemic consequences. We're asked to hold them at the same time. Coronavirus doesn't outshout resurrection promise, but resurrection promise doesn't get to ignore COVID consequences. You're listening to so many voices competing for your attention, alluring your affection. So I thought in this season of holding both, let's, let's listen to the one voice I hope sounds loudest, I hope sounds clearest, the voice of the risen one himself. For the next several weeks, we're going to swim in the deep waters of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7, and I have a challenge for you. I want you to memorize one verse, one sentence, one section, one paragraph. I want you to memorize it. I want you to record yourself reciting it, and I want you to send me the video, and I'm going to stitch them all together so that the Pillar community can offer itself the entirety of the Sermon on the Mount. And here's the second part of the challenge. I want you to produce something out of the words you've interiorized. Plant a garden, paint a painting, sing a song, write an essay, and then someday, somehow, some way, we're going to gather in the gathering space at Pillar. We're going to display all of the things that have grown out of your hearts. We're going to call it resurrection in crisis, listening to Jesus. Here are the next words from the beloved one. You are the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its saltiness, how could it be made salty? Again, it's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by people. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand that it may give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before others that they see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. It's Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. 
Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the realities, one of the designations that has caught my heart and attention in these last several weeks is the designation essential. I'll be on a, a Zoom call with some friends asking how things are going, and uh, he'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, we've been going to work. We're, we're essential. Apparently, uh, the majority of workers deemed essential are women, and the majority of those are non-white women. I'll let you think about that for a while. I got an email from a hospital in the area uh, outlining the guidelines that only essential workers are allowed in the hospital, and religious professionals, not my preferred designation, are not allowed. I've seen Facebook arguments uh, around the word essential. And I'm not here looking to pick a fight. I would, though, like to just say, can we say thank you to those who are standing on the front lines of COVID, staring it in the face? Thank you to the grocery store clerk who's scanning your box, your bag, your bunch of bananas can we say thank you to the healthcare professionals who are walking into hospitals and offices and clinics knowing that COVID is there, has been there, and will be there again? Can we say thank you to the service workers who are fixing pipes and picking up trash and patrolling our streets? I'll, I'll, I'll think with you theologically about the word essential in a minute, but let's just say thank you now. Uh, for now... You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. I just want to walk through a word by word. You are salt and light. It starts like this, you. Now let me put this into context for you. The God of the universe, the God who spoke the galaxies into existence, the one who stood before time and winked and the great lakes the unsalted, pure Michigan waters began to pound on sandy shores. The God who whispered and mountains emerged, that God left the eternal realities of the Trinity and entered into the finite realities, the cramped spaces of a mother's womb, went the way of suffering, died on a cross only to become the risen one, that one, that universal God, the unmade one, the other than one, that God is the one who said on a hill near a lake, you. That God has you in mind. That God is aware of your heart, the concerns you're carrying that are too scary to speak aloud. That's the context. The God of the universe sees you. You at Freedom Village, identified as vulnerable already, anxious, Anyway, now it's in your domain too. You, single person, thinking you couldn't get any lonelier. You, parent, thinking you couldn't be any more overwhelmed. You, the God of the universe, has you in mind. If I keep going, I might cry. So let me change the subject. 
Uh, I've been thinking about that movie Hoosiers. There's, you remember the movie Hoosiers? It came out in like the 80s. I was eight years old. It's a basketball movie. Jimmy Chitwood, small school uh, in Indiana, goes on to win the state championship. I'm like eight or nine years old replaying that movie in my driveway over and over and over. Uh, Coach Norman Dale had a sordid past, moves to this small town, Hickory, to become the coach of the Hickory Hoosiers. Uh, there's this scene, you can't find it on YouTube because nobody seems to care about it, but I loved it when I was a little kid. There's this scene, uh, Ollie, uh, Ollie was too slow, uh, too weak, too short, too dumb, couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time to actually get on the court, but because it was such a small school and they needed as many warm bodies as they could find, he got to wear the uniform, never expecting to play. Well, as it would As you can imagine, enough injuries and enough fouls, and all of a sudden, Ollie's got to play. I want you to watch just this little clip of Ollie getting in the game. He makes the free throws. That's awesome. The little jiggy does after the free throws is cool, too. I actually cried when I was a little kid. Uh, But what I wanted you to notice was Coach Normandale saying to little Ollie on the end of the bench, Ollie, we need you. He he sort of looks up in disbelief. Ollie, we need you now. I love that. We need you. 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 You, the God of the universe, who spoke the sun, the moon, the stars into existence, that God sees you, is aware of you. Now, confession, the you as it's used in Matthew 5, 13 and 14 is a plural you. It's a y'all you. It's a you we, it's a you, us, it's a you, with. It's not just you, though surely the Savior of the world with his precision focus has you personal in mind. It's not just you, it's y'all, 
It's us, it's with, it's corporate, it's together, which is to say, take a deep breath. It's not all up to you. It's not all about you. It's you, April, and you, Summit, and you, Maggie, and you, Anthony, with the pillar community, though the pews are empty now, with and Getty and Moran Park and Maple Ave and every Christian who's ever announced the lordship of Jesus Christ and acknowledged him as Savior. Y'all, you. You don't have to fix the world. You don't have to save anyone. You don't have to do it on your own. You all are the salt of the earth. You all are the light of the world. You, I wanted you to notice the you. I also want you to notice the are. It's not a function of activity. It's a statement of being. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Jesus is far more interested in who you are than in what you do. Because what you do flows from who you are. As Jesus says in a different place, the good person out of the goodness of their heart produces good. Jesus is interested in who you are. We see this, I see this maybe because I have an adolescent, a couple of adolescents in my home. You see it most clearly in adolescents. They're trying to figure out who they are. Their bodies are changing. Social dynamics are stirring. And so their actions are sporadic. It's hard to figure them out from one day to the next, from one meal to the next, because what they do flows from who they are. Jesus is interested in who you are. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. There's this haunting line later in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Jesus says, many will say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and perform many great miracles in your name? And I'll tell them plainly, I never knew you. Jesus wants your heart. Jesus wants you, not just what you do. One of the sort of stunning realities of the last several weeks is all of the things at least most of us do have been stripped away. So many of the things most of us do to occupy our time and busy ourselves and distract our hearts are now quarantined and it's, you're just left with you. That's the you Jesus has in mind. That's the you Jesus loves. Uh, there's the song we've been singing today. His affections never weary, his mercies never end. He reminds me every morning, I'm still your faithful friend. You are. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Uh, salt and light. When I, I grew up in the church, so I've, I've known these words for as long as I can remember. I always liked the light of the world part. The salt of the earth part, I didn't, I didn't get it. Uh, I liked light of the world. That's the first thing God made. Let there be light, and there was light. And Jesus said of himself, I am the light of the world. So I liked, you are the light of the world. But salt, that's the thing dads get chastised for, for putting too much on their food. Salt. Who wants to be salt? Uh, I did a little, I had some time. Uh, so I did a little looking into salt, the history of salt. It's fascinating. Civilizations have been built around salt. Uh, the word salary 
comes from the root word for salt. He's not worth his weight in salt is where it comes from. At some points in history, salt was the value equivalent to gold. So the crowd on the hill near the lake on that day hears Jesus say, you are the salt of the earth, and they're like, whoa, wow. Salt has a seasoning effect, of course. It also has a preserving effect. Somehow it draws out the juices of a meat so as to keep the meat from spoiling and also protects against the bacteria that would destroy the meat. Salt preserves You are the salt of the earth. The salt of the earth preserving the common good. Uh, This is why Jeremiah would say, seek the good of the city. This is why in the book of Acts, they had the goodwill of all the people. You are the salt of the earth. Which isn't to minimize, though, you are the light of the world. Light, Light has a revealing effect. You can't really look at the light, depending on how bright it is. You, you look by the light. You look because of the light. The light, in this case, reveals the nature, heart, and character of God. That they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. It is right and appropriate, even if a bit daunting, for the world to look at any Christian believer, Christian community called the church, and make decisions about God based on who we are, because you are the light of the world. You reveal the heart, character, and person of God. That's the way God set it up. So shine, pillar shine. Not just pillar shine with all Christian believers throughout every time and every space. You are the light of the world. So I've been thinking about that word essential. It's really being used now Uh, to indicate a necessarily relevant role for a specific cause. It's not meant to be a statement of worth or value or being. It's a statement of function. You're essential. And and I'm in. I'm for it. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the grocery worker and the healthcare professional and the service employed who are willing to do their jobs. On a theological level, though, I would like to say you're essential. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You are essential to the preservation of the common good. You are essential to point to the risen one who loves the world and gave himself for the world. You are essential. Mom, sitting at home, now online educator, you're essential. Dad, out of work, wondering about the future, you're essential. 72-year-old, identified as vulnerable, wondering how long will lockdown go for me, you're essential. Uh, you remember our friend Walter? Uh, Walter Olson, he likes to sit in the now empty first or second row of the Pillar Sanctuary off to my right. Uh, Walter, I've known him for as long as I've been in Holland. I don't remember exactly when and how we met. Pretty sure it was on the front lawn in one of the Adirondack chairs. Uh, we became friends. He got connected to the Pillar community. I He's been experiencing homelessness on and off for decades. Somehow, in God's infinite grace and mercy, uh, he, he became a part of us. Uh, it's actually kind of funny to me. He'll, he'll go to Refresh, which is every Tuesday, people in our community experiencing homelessness can shower, and he'll, he'll go uh, and he'll brag about Pillar. He'll brag about you. 
He'll go to the community kitchen at Western Seminary and he'll tell the table mates eating lunch, he'll, he'll tell them about you. He, he'll, he actually brings the worship folders and shows them all the things that we've been up to. Uh, he brags about you at Community Action House, at uh, Lakeshore uh, Home, uh, Home Alliance. Uh, he, he loves this place. He loves us. Uh, he's been experiencing homelessness for a long time. And we've done our best to try to help him along, but it's been tough. Uh, earlier this week, Joel Rusher and I had the stunning privilege of being on a Zoom call with the Lakeshore Housing Alliance and Community Action House. As the two of them have partnered together to provide Walter housing, sustainable, forever. Joel and I were on the Zoom call. We, 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 we were shocked. We had to ask multiple times, are you sure? Is this possible? How could this be? There's a few things that still have to fall in place, so keep praying, but it's possible. It could be soon. Walter could have a home. They wanted to talk to us to confirm with us that he's a part of our community, that we'll love him, that we'll care. They, they made it clear. We're not asking you to do anything. We just want you to be community for him. Apparently, in this particular situation, the rates of success are exponentially higher if there's a community around the person than if there isn't. You're essential. You're essential. You're essential to Walter thriving now for the rest of his life. And you're essential wherever you are, whoever you are, however you feel, whatever you're doing. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.